0: My name for sure. We're going to be in Ezekiel chapter 37 this morning. Ezekiel chapter 37. Um, I, uh, it's been a bit uh, probably 10 or 11 years ago, I was on my way to work one morning. I was kind of just flipping through radio stations. I found a radio station. It's 101.1 The Way, and it's a, it's a, Calvary Chapel of Knoxville. Uh, They're located off uh, on John Severe Highway. And I was listening to that, the pastor's name's Mark Kirk, and he's, I've been listening to him ever since. And he's a very good teacher. He's a very good uh, prophetic teacher. He teaches on prophecy a lot. And he's been going through the book of Ezekiel on Wednesday nights, and I've been listening to it. So I've been consumed with it, so I've just been, he's been teaching me some things that I probably never knew, and I've been learning and, and gleaning off of his lessons and his messages and and things like that, and there's some things that that I feel led to maybe share with you on some of the things that I've been learning uh, through through the li- listening of of that ministry. And I'm thankful that I, I really am thankful that I stumbled across that o- over 11 years ago. There's good teaching. There's good Bible teaching in the world today. There's good, sound, ba- Bible-believing preachers out there that, that can really help us and really teach us things. And I really en- enjoyed, like I said, enjoyed listening to him, and, and I've been listening to him quite a bit. Uh, about every day at work, I, I turn him on and, and listen to it, just messages. He's got a big old library of uh, messages from years past, and I've just been listening to a lot of, a lot of sermons from him, and we're going to uh, be in Ezekiel chapter 37, and uh, prophecy, biblical prophecies are given to the writer of the book, which is Ezekiel here, they're given to the writer of the book to tell what will happen in the future. What's going to happen to what, what Ezekiel was prophesying mostly to the to Israel? He was prophesying to Israel, telling him the things that that it that was going to happen to Israel. Now we we see a lot of these prophecies have already taken place. Like up until even in Summit thirty seven, it's already taken place. These prophecies have already taken place, but the last time that josh was on vacation and, and i stood to preach i preached a little bit in ezekiel then as the first chapter first first chapters of ezekiel and they talking about how god wasn't pleased with israel and how he was going to judge israel and how he was going to he was going to come against israel really for them denying for, for them uh, denying god so we did see, I believe we saw that he was prophesying, telling them that they were going to be captured by Babylon, and they were captured by Babylon. Him and uh, Jer- uh, Jeremiah, both of those were uh, prophesying to Israel, telling them the things that were going to happen. And I want you to know that most, all prophecy has already, had all, not all prophecy, but all the prophecies that have that up to this point have been fulfilled. They have been fulfilled. Like, there's still some prophecies that have not been fulfilled yet, but most prophecies have, most of the prophecies of the Bible have been fulfilled. The things that were, that Ezekiel was saying ha- is going to happen in the future, uh, most of those things have already taken place. And now, in chapter 37, it comes right up to uh, 1948, and... Uh, chapter 37 does a little bit of, and from 1948, which is pretty current, really, 75 years ago. And in and the day and time that we live, that's pretty current. There's some people probably in this congregation that was alive in 1948, right? So there's probably some, there's some, some, we're, we're kind of coming up to 1948, and then 37 deals with 1948. There's some, there's some timelines there where we're we're in the current. Because God, he's, when he's telling prophecy, he's outside of time, God is. So God, really, he's just outside of time. So when he takes Ezekiel and he shows him this, he can fast forward and rewind, kind of like we do a movie. Fast forward to the end, he can fast forward to the middle, or rewind to the middle. He can, he can go back to the beginning. So God, he's just outside of time. So a lot of these things is, is currently what's going on. A lot of these things are things that have yet to happen. And 38 and, 30, 38 and 39, they talk about a, a war that's coming, that's going to take place. The the battle of Gog and Magog and all that, and we're not getting into that today. But that is not taking place yet. That battle is not taking place yet. And if you read a lot into that, you read into the players of that war, and Rush is a big player of that war. He is, the, uh, he is Magog. Russia is, and Iran's the Assyrians, Libya, and um, uh, I'm not getting I said I wasn't going to get into this, but Libya, and they're still there, and Ethiopia, they're still there. That's the Sudan re- region, Libya, uh, Ethiopia, Persia, which is uh, Persia, which is Iran. Excuse me, I misspoke. Uh, but Gog and Magog, Magog is Russia, Gomer is Turkey. Well, all these people are going to come against Israel, and just not to get too far ahead of ourselves, if you're thinking about the the battle of, of that battle, Iran and Russia, their armies are at the border of Israel right now. So guess what? I mean, I don't know how long it'll be before this war might pop off, but it could happen any day. So that's why that's why it's interesting to me to think that maybe this Ezekiel 37 38 39 we are probably coming up on that right now in prophecy. It's good to kind of put where we're at the timeline try to see where we're at. But we're going to deal with Ezekiel 37 this morning. I won't get too far into the I will go into the battle, but be much in prayer for Israel. Right? Because they're God's chosen people. So God telling the prophecies here, He prophesying through Ezekiel, telling the Israel what's going to happen through Ezekiel. And every, like I said, every prophecy is 100% accurate. If you want a, you want a good testimony of the Bible being true, just go through and read the prophecies and, and tell people how they've been fulfilled. Because there's no other book like the Bible. There's no other book that's going to prophesy something and they're 100% accurate on all their prophecies like the Bible is. So all the prophecies, all the prophecies that have been prophesied have already, that have already taken place have been fulfilled. The only ones that haven't been fulfilled are the ones that haven't happened yet, and they're to come. So most, so most, like I said earlier, most prophecies have already been fulfilled. So we're living in the last days, and I hope that excites some of us, and I hope that makes some of us think that if we're living in the last days, we need to be right with the Lord. So chapter 37 started 75 years ago in 1948 when Israel was reestablished as a nation once again. And we start off here in chapter 37 and verse 1. Uh, The Valley of Dry Bones. The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones and and caused me uh, to pass... By them round about, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones Behold, I will cause breath to enter into thee, and ye shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring, upon, bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you. And you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord." And so I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking. And the bones came together, bone to bone, to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came, upon, came up upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. So here we get the picture, just stopping there for a moment. We, we get the picture of Israel as a, a nation that is dried up, it's a dead nation. They were, they were dead. They were, dried up. they were as dried bones. For almost 2,000 years, Israel was not an established nation. In 70 A.D., and this is a little history, Israel was attacked by Rome, and they were conquered in 73 A.D. at Masada. So Israel was barren for 8, 1,875 years because of the consequences of rejecting Jesus as their Messiah. Now, God, God, Israel, we know, is God's people. He is their cho- he is, Israel is God's chosen people, but the consequences of rejecting Jesus as the Messiah caused them to be a, disbanded as a nation. They were no longer a nation for in 73 A.D. They were scattered abroad, so to speak. Those that were, were the remnant of Israel were scattered abroad. The, Israel was not a, an established nation at this time. And no nation ever in history has disbanded for more than 300 years and came back together as a nation but Israel. And the reason why Israel has come back together as a nation is because they are God's chosen people. Now, not to say like, that the consequences of sin. We all have to deal with the consequences of sin. And Israel as a nation, they dealt with the consequences of sin being disbanded for 1,875 years. So that's their consequences for rejecting Jesus as their Messiah. What is the consequence to you today if you reject Jesus as the Messiah? That is eternity in hell. That is an eternity separated from God. That is, that is what their consequences are for rejecting Jesus as the messiah so i want to encourage you to put your faith and trust in jesus christ because he is the messiah he is the chosen one he is the son of god he is the redeemer he is the salvation that draweth nigh he is the one that we have to lean on he is our buckler he's our shield he is the God of all all creation. He is the one that's coming back one day. He is the one who's going to give us a a redemption. He is the one. And there's no other name given under heaven whereby men must be saved, but Jesus Christ. He is the Lord of our lives. And if He's not the Lord of your lives, then one of these days, you're going to pay the consequences of your sin. And that's an an eternity in hell separated from God for all of eternity. Now they rejected Jesus. Jesus as their Messiah, Israel did, and they spent 1,875 years separated from God because they had rejected Jesus as their Messiah. Now that's the consequences that they had to pay. But we see here that they're a valley of dry bones. They're dead, dried up. They're just no longer alive. There's no nation there. Well, I want you to see that they come together in chapter 2, verse 2 through 8. How that they he bring them back to life now. He's bring in 1948. They came back together as a nation once again. After all them years of being separated from God. After all them years without any hope whatsoever. And they'll even tell you today they most of them will probably tell you today they still don't have no hope because they're still rejecting the Messiah. But this is all part of God's plan. Right, I like it when a plan comes together, so to speak. And this is God's plan, coming back together. So this nation, after all them years, they're back together as a nation. Some have, have continued. There's a lot of nations that have been disbanded, and they've never came back together. No nation has been separated for 300, for more than 300 years and ever continued as a nation. Some have continued as a people, but not as a nation. And Israel is the only nation to come back together. And it's all because of God's hand being upon the nation of Israel. Now Israel is a, a nation uh, Israel is a nation that is alive, as we read through uh, verses two through eight. They are alive. He's brought them back together he's, he's we see there that he's brought bone upon bone he's brought them back he's brought all these bones out of the valley. he's put them all back together. he's put the skin back on them and he's put the breath. That's the, I believe that was the last thing I read. But there was no breath in them. He's brought them all back together. A nation, Israel is a nation that is alive. But they are mostly spiritually dead. Now you, you get a picture there of the breath of God. You think about, you go back to the book of Genesis. And, and you think about Adam and Eve. When Adam was created, what did God do? He breathed life into Adam. He came in and when he created Adam, he set Adam up. And it's almost like... He was kissing Adam in a way. And He breathed His breath of His Spirit. He breathed His Spirit in Adam. He breathed His Spirit into Adam. Now you see the nation of Israel, they're still a nation that has not the Spirit of God in them. They don't have the Spirit of God right now. They, it does say that he says that you shall know that I am the Lord. And do you know there's a lot of those people in Israel today, they'll tell you they know God protected them, and, God, and God's done all this stuff for them, but they still reject God. They still reject the Messiah. They still reject Jesus Christ as their Messiah. But they do know that God's brought them through. So just like Adam in the garden now, they're, they're, they're standing there with, as a body again, but they do not have the Spirit of God in them. I think about when Adam sinned in the garden, Adam became spiritually dead, and he needed to be born again. You think about that. He was spiritually dead and needed to be born again. When we were born into this life, we were spiritually dead. We had man's spirit. We had man's spirit, we didn't have God's spirit in it, and we needed to be born again. If you've never been born again, you need to be born again. I mean about, you may be walking around here with man's spirit in you, but you need the spirit of God in you. You need to be born again. You need to be born of the Spirit. The Bible, Jesus told Nicodemus, He said, you've been born of water, but now you need to be born of Spirit. You need to be born of the Spirit of God. If you've never been born again, then you're going to face those consequences of being separated from God for all of eternity. So I say today, put your faith in Jesus Christ. I say today's the day of salvation. Now's the appointed time to do it today. 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 Do not delay. Do it today. Today. So now Israel is back in the land, and they are a body, soul, and man spirit. They don't have the spirit of God. And we will see the breath coming to them in the next two verses, but it's not the spirit of God. So they're, they're alive today, but they do not have the spirit of God. Now we can, if you read on to chapter 38 and 39, and I'm not going to get into the war, the battle over there, but at the, at the end of chapter 39... And verse 29 says neither will I hide my face anymore from thee t- from them that's talking about Israel God's saying I will not hide my face from Israel anymore for I have poured out my spirit upon the house of Israel Listen the spirit of God's not been poured out on the house of Israel yet I believe that that when the spirit of God's poured out on Israel I believe that's probably the 144,000 that are saved in the tribulation and I don't think we're going to be here during the tribulation, so to speak. I think we're going to be raptured out before the pre- tribulation. Because you know what the tribulation is? The tribulation is the wrath of God. And 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9 says, We were not appointed under wrath. We, Christians, were not appointed under wrath. So listen... If you think about the battle, and I already said that Iran and Russia is at the border of Israel, if that battle's going to take place and after that battle's over, the Spirit of God's going to be poured upon the nation of Israel, and those—and what I believe is those 144,000 being saved there, guess what? We're not going to be here. So listen, if Iran and Russia is at the border of Israel, what I want to tell you this morning is the rapture soon. <laughs> it's happening soon. Okay, I'm not, this is, the, the, you say, why are you teaching us about Israel, why are you teaching this about this prophecy, it has nothing to do with us, because it excites me to know that Jesus is almost coming back, he's not coming, hey listen, it's not, it's not the second coming, it's not the second coming, it's just the rapture, the second coming is when he comes and puts his feet on the earth, the rapture is when he just comes and we meet him in the air, The second coming is when he comes and he destroys everybody. I'm telling you, he puts an end to all the evil and the wickedness and he rules and reigns over the earth in the millennial kingdom. And guess what he says? He says, It will be, we will be here, ruling and reigning with him on the earth in the millennial kingdom. I'm telling you, it's exciting to know that. Guess what? The rapture's soon. I believe the rapture's soon. They say, Well, they've been saying that for, oh, they've been saying that for years. And it ain't never happened. They've been saying, hey, all i got to say is, we're closer now than we were 10 minutes ago. He's coming, right? He's coming back. I believe he's coming back, like he said. I believe that's a song in the choir. I believe the, the First Thessalonians, I wasn't even going to here today. The Thessalonians, now I don't have it marked, but Just bear with me for just a second. And we'll get there. You'll hear this scripture in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Oh goodness. Lord help me find it. I'm getting there. All right, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. You'll hear this scripture. But I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. Who has hope? We have hope, right? You have, if you're a Christian, you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you have hope. You heard this scripture probably at a graveside service. You've probably heard the scripture maybe at a funeral, but but he says, I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not as even others which have no hope. For if you believe, if you believe Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will will God keep, will God bring with him. Those that are asleep, those that are dead right now, he says Jesus is going to bring them back with him. With him. They're coming back. They're all coming back. Daddy's coming back with them. Mama and Papa's coming back with him. Right? <laughs> Praise the Lord. He's got, they're coming back. Listen, listen. He says, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with Him. For this we say unto you by the Word of the Lord, that we which are alive, we which are alive, we're alive, we're alive. Hey, you're alive right now, right? We're alive right now. He says, Those that are alive and remain. He says, Those that are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Right? They're coming up out of the ground. I'd stand over there over there on the top of the hill over at Holly Hills or whatever it is now. Highland South. And i will watch all them bodies come out of the grave. I might even see my dad come up out of the grave right there at the foot of the crosses. Over there on that hill. They're all coming out of the grave. He, says, I, he said, we will not prevent them from coming out of the grave. They're coming up out of the grave. They'll be alive, I'm telling you. Praise the Lord. Hey, why are we sorrow? Because they're coming back. Don't sorrow. Yeah, the morning may endure for the night, but joy cometh in the morning. Right, it's coming. He says that those that are alive and remain will not keep them. Will not keep them. Then the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we. That's you. That's me. We. I like that. It doesn't say and you. It says we. All of us all of us. Listen, but you got to go back to verse 14. If we believe that Jesus died and rose again, there's the, that's how you can be a part of this we right here, is if you believe that Jesus died and rose again. It says, then we which are alive and remained shall be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. See, he's not coming back to the earth then, but he's going to be there in the air and we're going to go to him. glory right hallelujah right praise the lord right Everybody you think about you miss right now. Every one of them. Every person that has put their faith in Jesus Christ. You cry the tears that you've cried for those people that have put their faith in Jesus Christ who have gone on before us. Guess what? We're going to look up to the sky one day and we're going to start ascending up to the sky and we're going to see them there in the sky with Jesus Christ. Joy and joy cometh in the morning. This is the morning that he's talking about. Joy cometh in weeping may endure for the night, but joy cometh in the morning. This is the morning that he's talking about. Then we the, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever, forever, forever be with the Lord. <laughs> Why are we talking about Israel? Because that prophecy's coming, man. It's coming. Listen. I don't know when we're going to leave. I don't know when the rapture's going to happen. Let me say that right now. It may happen in Ezekiel 38 and 39. It may happen before the battle. It may happen during the battle. I don't think it's going to happen... If it happens after the battle, it's going to have to happen quick. Because guess what? When the Spirit of the Lord is poured out on, on Israel, that's the tribulation. We're not going through the tribulation because we're going to be called together with, the, with them in the, in the air to be forever with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. He tells us about the rapture in First Thessalonians chapter 4, 13-18. Then you read 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 9. The tribulation is the wrath of God. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> Listen, I'm hiring 44,000 to get saved during tribulation. We're not going to be here. <laughs> I don't believe... There's a lot of people that believe we are going to suffer some tribulation. Some think we might suffer all tribulation. But this preacher right here believes firmly because of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 9 tells us that we're not going to have to endure. We've not been appointed to wrath, but we've been appointed to the salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe He's going to save us from the rapture to come. Or not the rapture, the tribulation to come. He's going to save us from the wrath to come. I don't think we have to go through the tribulation because that's the God's wrath. I've not been appointed to God's wrath. So I'm going to be out of here before that happens. So when that tribulation starts to happen, guess what? Jason Turner don't think he's going to be here no more. Are you? Ask yourself that question. Because listen, I know, I'm telling you, there's a lot of people out there, and you can listen to a lot of preachers, and I'm not saying they're not saved. Not at all. I believe they are saved. There's a lot of preachers out there that believe that this is post-tribulation. Some people believe it's mid-tribulation. I'm one of those that believes in pre-tribulation. I believe that we're going to be gone before the wrath of God hits this earth. I don't... Just just, just listen. And and this is not even where this was going today. I ain't even getting through the prophecy. This is where I was thinking. This This is kind of another thought. We are the bride of Christ, Right? We get raptured out of here, what's gonna happen? We're gonna marry the Lord Jesus Christ because we are his bride. Did you believe? I just this is just a do you believe that Jesus would beat up his bride before he brought him to the wedding, brought her to the wedding? I don't think so. We're not appointed under wrath. We're appointed to the salvation of of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But I'm not saying we won't face trials in this earth. No, no, we all have trials. But it's not the wrath of God. There's a difference between trials and the wrath of God. The wrath of God's gonna be awful. It's gonna be terrible. It's gonna be not like nothing you've ever seen here on this earth before. You can go back to the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, and I'm gonna guarantee you it's gonna be worse than that. And that was pretty bad. It's going to be worse than that, but I don't believe, and I may be wrong. I'll just go ahead and throw it out there. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a prophecy expert, and Mark Kirk, he'll even tell you himself. He said, "I may be wrong about this, but I just don't see us going through the tribulation." And I'll say, I just don't see it either. Not I mean, one verse in the Bible convinces me that we don't go through the tribulation. But anyway, so the nation of Israel. Now they're back into the land. They don't have the Spirit of God in them. Now, uh, verse 9, we'll get back to this now. Then said he unto me, Prophesy unto the wind. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds of O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them. And they lived and stood up upon their feet, an exceeding great army. Notice that Israel, they, he refers to them as a great army. And interesting history about Israel is the Jewish men are required, the Jewish, Jewish men in Israel, they're required to serve in the military a minimum of 32 months when they turn 18. The women are required to serve a minimum of 24 months when they turn 18, unless there's some reason that they can't serve in the military. So the Jewish men and women have been trained in hand-to-hand combat. They've been trained how to use weapons. They are a great army, and a lot of people overlook them because they're just a little small country over there. They are a great army, and everyone's been trained, and their whole nation is an army. I'm telling you, I wouldn't even want to run into mammal in Israel because I believe she'd probably whoop me. <laughs> she's been trained. Right? Wouldn't you imagine going over there and offend Mamal? Mamaw just leg sweeps you, elbow drops you, and tells you to go on about your business, right? <laughs> now she's been trained. They've been trained. So the whole nation over there is an army. It's just an army. I mean, they're, they've been tra- all of them have been trained. But listen... This is interesting stuff. On May the 14th, 1948, and I want to, I want to remind you that this is 30 years and one day before April's greatest thing was ever born. That was me and my mom. Sorry. On, on May 14th, 1948, sorry, I just had to throw a joke in there. On May 14th, 1948, the Prime Minister, David ben Gurion declared Israel as a nation again based on Ezekiel chapter 37, 36, 37. So he's declared them a nation again. Immediately after declaring them a nation, five trained and established Muslim armies from all sides came in and attacked Israel. I mean, this is immediately. They're just a brand new country. They haven't been able to, to. to you know, train up their armies yet. They've not, they're have not. They're a brand new baby nation here. Five trained and established Muslim armies came in from all sides. And what are the odds of Israel surviving that attack? What are the odds of that? Well, not only did Israel defeat them handily, they also took more land from those armies. I mean, they're a brand new nation. Tell me, listen... What that means, what that tells me is that was a supernatural, divine, hand of God experience right there. That God was protecting Israel. Even though they've rejected Jesus as their Messiah, He's still protecting Israel. Five established, trained army, Muslim armies, attacked them right after they declared that they're a nation. Not only did they defeat them, they took part of their land. (laughs) Do it again. All right. And all again in 1967 was the six-day war. Anybody ever heard of the Six-Day War? Well, all the nations were getting ready to attack Israel. Israel found out about it and attacked those nations first. They won the battle in six days. And guess what? They took even more land. I mean, this is they weren't trying to take more land, they were just defending themselves. So yeah, you want to mess with Israel? Let's do it again. All right, again, in 1973 was the Yom Kippur War. Have you ever heard of Yom Kippur? It's one of the holy days of Israel. And uh, nations around Israel thought they would uh, catch Israel off guard because they were celebrating their holy day. They thought, we're going to attack them on Yom Kippur because they're not going to be prepared for us because they're over there celebrating this holy day. And they're not going to be ready for us. So they tried to, they tried again. And Israel won that battle as well and took even more land. I'm telling you, God said in verse 6, they shall know that I am the Lord. They recognize that God is defeating them, but they won't ever commit their lives to the Lord. Not until chapter, verse 29, I believe it was, verse, uh, chapter 39, when the Lord pours out His Spirit upon them. That's when they'll accept it. But listen, They know that God is protecting them. They know that. You talk to people in Israel, they'll tell you that they know that God's protecting them, but they will deny that Jesus Christ is their Savior and their Messiah. So the encouragement there is, to me, is the battles that we face. If God's with us, who can overcome us? Right? That'd be the message. That would be the message to the church on this, that Israel, as weak as they perceived them to be as a brand new nation, they couldn't even win the battle. You know what that tells me? As weak as I may feel and as weak as I may be, if anything comes against me, God will fight my battle for me. And he will, and he will prevail every time. He will prevail. I'm telling you, don't mess with Israel. Right? Don't mess with God's people either. Right? If He's going to protect... Hey, I say this. If He protects a nation full of people that, that he's, just, he's just honoring His promise that He made to Abraham. He's just honoring King David and the things that King David did. He's just, he's just protecting Israel for their sakes. Right? How much more would He protect us who have put our faith and trust in Him and we believe that he is the Messiah. We believe he is the Savior of the world. I believe it was Thomas over there, Thomas Doubt, the Doubter, we call him. How he said, I will not believe unless I can stick my fingers in the nail-pierced hands or then the side where his side was speared with the spear. And then he, he Jesus shows up and lets Thomas stick his hands in the, lets him touch him. And then he says, Thomas, you believe, but he said more blessed are those that believe and have not seen. You believe and have seen. He said, more blessed are those that's, that have, have not seen and believe. Right? That's us. That's us. Right? I believe that God will protect us. I believe that am I saying the, nation, the United States of America? No. I'm saying the Christian people of this world. Now, I'm not saying he's going to protect the United States. I'm saying he's protecting his people. His people, who are called by His name, right? We're them people, and He's going to protect us. If He'll protect Israel through all this, He'll protect us. And as we get a song ready this morning, the encouragement here is, I hope this is the encouragement to you, is that if you have your faith in Jesus Christ, He's coming soon. Right. And listen, another hey, some more encouragement here is if you're fighting a battle, God will be with you. And He will prevail. Listen I only got through two pages of notes, and I got about two and a half more. Alright. So God took this message in a different direction than I planned on and going. So it wasn't me, it was him. But I want you to know this. The things that are going on, if you if you pay attention to the world news and the things that are going on in Israel, you'll see that our redemption draweth nigh. <laughs> you know what that means. We'll be redeemed soon. And our redemption comes when Jesus comes and takes us home. <laughs> right? Right? You ready for that? You ready? Ain't nothing gonna keep me down here, right? I'm going, right? Listen, the rapture's—I mean, I'm not telling you it's happening tomorrow. I wouldn't doubt it if it did, though, right? I'm not even gonna tell you it's gonna happen next year. I'm not even gonna tell you it's gonna happen in the next five years. I don't—I don't know when it's gonna happen. Do you know? I don't, because the Bible tells us no man knoweth the day or the hour. No man knows the day or the hour, so he can come whenever he wants to. Uh, he didn't tell me. And I like what one preacher said, I'm not on the planning committee, I'm on the welcoming committee. When he comes, welcome, right? I'm not planning on when he comes, but I'm planning to be ready when he does come. That's what I'm planning. Make sure make sure you know him. Like First Thessalonians chapter 4, for those that believe that Jesus died, was buried, and resurrected. Those that believe he... Rose from the dead. He said, you better be one of those. Because he said, you're out of here. Let's go. We're going to go marry the Lord, have the marriage supper of the Lamb. Then we're going to come back to this earth. He's going to set up his millennial, thousand-year kingdom here on this earth. He says that we'll rule and reign with him on this earth. I'm telling you, something to look forward to, right? Right? Oh, man. I can't wait. But while we're here, listen, why has he delayed his coming so long? Because there's those that still need to know him. But to, hey, you realize this. That you realize this that God is right now waiting on that one person to give their life to Jesus Christ, that last person. And when it does, it's out of here. We're gone. Right? It's happening. It's happening soon. I don't know when, but it's happening soon. They've been saying that for years, preacher. Yeah, because it's happening soon. Like I said, in the grand scheme of things, in all of eternity, 75 years is just a little blip. And that was 75 years ago. Israel was, became a nation again. That was just a little blip. And you take, put the timeline, spread it out in all of eternity. That was just a little blip. Like, listen, it could happen any time. It doesn't matter. It could happen. I'm. I want. What's What's holding him back? That one person. He's waiting on that last person to be saved. I believe, and he's coming back. Are you ready for when he does come back? And if you're fighting battles, listen. He'll protect the nation of Israel, who's rejected his son as their savior. He will protect you in your battle, whatever that battle may be. How small you How small you might even think it is, or how big that you think it is. God can protect you in that battle. He will. He's faithful and just to protect us, I believe. He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. He's faithful. He says, I'll go with you even to the ends of the earth. I'll be there with you. A lot of times we try to fight the battle alone. Let's let him fight the battle. If you've got anything you'd like to pray about this morning, what song should we sing? 177. 177.